We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, RBC, Canadian Open, DraftKings picks, some lineups, some one-and-dones, plus the final bets, the weather, everything else in between. Toe, Tag, and Tambo, Tyler Tambolini's in studio with me, shipitnation.com. Seems like you guys had some winners on the showdown side of things. Yeah, showdown was great. As always, nice to be back on there. Appreciate it. It's been good. And uh, major season coming up again. We got our major this week, Pat. So the be- the best comments, I got to start it with this, is... Boots on the ground this week, right, Tambo? I'm like, okay, where do you live? Uh, Texas. Did you go to Ohio last week to watch the memorial? No. Well, exactly. Canada's a big place. So I'm sure you get some of that too, but it is pretty funny, the geography lessons that we have to do during this week. Well, I mean, in fairness to a lot of people, I lived in Toronto for like 15 years. Yeah, I guess it makes more sense for you. And then Feinberg, being a member, we're going to get some specialty group boots on the ground, so there will be some intel. But, yeah, definitely uh, makes more sense from that perspective. Yeah, be careful about all the intel you get, too, because sometimes it's like before the U.S. Open, it's like, oh, look how long this rough is. No one could hit out of it. Then people hit out of it fine. <laughs> although the rough this week does look like it's, I don't want to say problematic, but it does look like it's pretty thick. Uh, we're doing this uh, a day early than we normally do, so there could be guys at the very bottom end of the field who withdraw after we finish recording this if they qualify for the U.S. Open. I doubt it's going to be anyone like we really care about, but it could be. I just want to throw that out there in case people are like, oh, you love Ben Martin this week. It's like, oh, he withdrew because he qualified for the U.S. Open. <laughs> or Benny Ann. He did not qualify for the U.S. Open, and he still withdrew. So, Oh, Ben Ann withdrew? Just, just this morning, yeah. I didn't even Heard see. himself stretching, Pat. Just like Morikawa. 
Oh, back spasms. That's, that is worrisome, actually, for LA. We'll see. Maybe it's precautionary, but man. Well, I, I've had, I mean, my back flares up like once every two years. Same thing, like back, spas, back spasms, everything tightens up. And usually with like after four days, like the tension releases and you're yeah. fine. So you just have to hope that it's not a reoccurring injury and he should be fine. He gets the world-class treatment too, so yeah, he should be all right. He, he's going to get the good stuff here. But I, as Feinberg kind of pointed out, that he said that, you know, maybe he was protecting his, you know, protecting his body for the major championship, which makes sense. But I don't think you just randomly withdraw two shots off the lead and elevated event at Jack's course. If you think you have a chance of winning, I think that he thought that he was going to shoot like a hundred because yeah. he couldn't bend over. You don't, you don't want to do that. He also helped his boy out BDV get some wins, catch up a little bit. He's, he's been playing catch up on, on Morikawa for a little time now. Yeah. It's funny just when Morikawa gets himself into contention at these majors, he like basically automatically wins mm-hmm. both times. He's had a chance to win. Whereas Vic has gone the opposite way. He's had a chance to win each of the past three majors and didn't get there. He got there now. He got there now. And Hey, it was, it was fun to be on him when he actually finally picked up that win. Nice. You, know, you saw the flow coming You know, he's playing great. He's playing great. He's playing great. Might as well bet this guy. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Start doing that more often. Right? I should. I mean, I didn't even do a big write-up in the newsletter because I was away last week at yeah. Cabot. I got caught up a little bit because I mean, you're back in your house now, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the wildfires around here. Yeah, it was nuts. Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, my golf course, my golf course is still closed because yeah. of it. Apparently, there wasn't a ton of damage to it. My friend who lives right next to the course, his house is fine. But uh, he just got back in, I think. Yeah, and get some rain, hopefully. I mean, luckily, we got some rain. Hopefully, it continues so we can just keep this uh, and be done with it. But it was definitely some crazy stuff. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Absolutely wild. nuts to see the wildfire. So here's what I got for bets for the week. The final betting card right now for the Canadian Open. That's not it. There it is. Hatton at 15 to 1. Moronk at 50 to 1. Then I got Batia. 100 to 1, Hodges, 110, Martin, 110, and Carson Young, 175. Mm-hmm. All of those bombs each come with a top five placement as well at one fourth the odds. I'm still stuck between what I want to do for my last spot. Okay. I got Rose or Fleetwood. What do you think? Ooh, that's tough. Same odds, too, I think. Yeah, 22 to 1. Oh, man. Fleetwood, Fa- Fleetwood, Feinberg, his home course. Come on, Tommy, get the job done. Finally, it would just be so perfect. It would be. I mean, Rose played this tournament really well last year. Yeah. I, did Fleetwood play in it last year? I feel like he did. I think he always has. I can't remember fully, but... No, he's only played it once. He's only played the Canadian Open once. It was 2018. He came in sixth. Mm. Not that these are... It's not the same course, but I do think that St. George's and Oak Hill... Are, or Oakdale, sorry. Are going to have a lot in common. They just look the same. Yeah. Whether they play exactly the same, I have no idea. But just to see them from an aerial shot... I mean, they're not that far from each other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. I still, I don't know. I think I like Fleetwood, but Rose has definitely been fine either way. I, I just prefer the Fleetwood call. You feel like, it's funny because you feel like Fleetwood's a better player. He has the more upside, yet Rose is the one who has the wins. It's true. Yeah, that is the angle you could look at. But again, if you think that Fleetwood's coming through at some point, I don't know. People say it about everybody all the time. Rory was done. He ended up being done this past week, but the same thing. He, you know, he got he got there again after it looked like he was going to do nothing after three, four events of doing nothing. So I don't know if you would think Fleetwood's going to win. I got no problem going to him. So sub to the newsletter. It's completely free down in the description. All of my final thoughts in there, and whoever I end up deciding on, I got to make a got to got to make a decision here soon because I'm jumping on a plane in like three hours, mm-hmm. and heading to a non-betting location. So I got to get those bets in before I go. That's why I had to stack up earlier on in the week. Weather for this event looks great. Yeah, looks awesome. 
Yeah, I don't see much. I was teasing you before. Again, looks like a, we don't know what will happen. A little bit of rain on Thursday night and stuff like that. But that's where the showdown shows come in. We'll have those covered. But I think that for right now, nothing that I see that's going to stand out. I think the bigger stuff it's going to come down to, Pat, is outside of the weather. Is the cream rising to the top again like last year? All the bombs we've got. Some of the stuff we'll talk about in between. But, yeah, it's definitely going to come down to that more than the weather. It looks well, like. how do you think this shakes down? Because Feinberg was even talking about a potential bomb and gouge approach to this place, which it it all depends on the rough, I think. <laughs> like, if you can draw a decent lie in the rough, there's five short par fours that I don't think they're necessarily drivable, but you can put them within, like, 30 yards of the green, just chip it up and tap in for birdie if you want to, if the rough isn't so bad. If the rough is super penal, you might just get stuck in it. Yeah, that's the question. And it was looking very thick two or three days before. So, you know, just coming down from that perspective, we'll have to get the boots on the ground set up to find out. But in general, uh, the flyovers, you did your preview video, like like usual, going through that sort of stuff and just seeing it. And I went on the site and checked it out as well. It looked like kind of that wedge game, right? You'd see the 100 to 150 range, oh, yeah. place it in there, be good. And then again, it's just think about everyone's going to look at last year. It makes sense to look at last year, but just to bring it up, I mean, it was, I think everyone except Hatton got into the mix of like the top X amount of golfers that were there. We're going to have the same conversation this year. I think it's 10 of the world top 30, Rory being the big favorite, but they all can do what they, you know, they can do what you need to do at this course to get up there. The question is if, you know, it's 25 under, then do we see some of these putting masters and guys that come through there and and makes a little bit more of a free roll or a fluke or whatever? It it does seem, although you do have these very top end guys, like you said, there's probably about 10 of them that are pretty awesome that are in this field. It is a dip in quality from what we saw last year. Like last year we had Scheffler and Finau and Thomas and Rory. It's not quite the same. Mm -hmm. Like now we're throwing Fleetwood and Rose into that mix with Hatton instead of JT and Scheffler. Like that is a big drop off. Yeah. Yeah, the question is, too, and I think that will be interesting when we get into, like, the tiers, is when you look up top, it's, it's like you said, it's not those guys. It's Burns, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Connors, but then you can hop down to the next range. What if it's Cam Young's time or Thigala's time or someone else from down there that you want to you pick on and bring up in the mix? I think that's what it's going to come down to this week because I think a lot will just go to that upper part of the board besides maybe Burns, who people are already making fun of that price. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird DraftKings price. But it's reflected solely on the betting market. And the books seem to say that, like, hey, of all these second-tier players that we have in this event, who wins the most? Mm-hmm. It's Sam Burns. We'll just make him the second favorite. Yeah. I mean, at least from that perspective, it makes sense. We've seen it enough times. The match play, we keep going back to after Scotty's another horrible week putting. You go back to it, it really kind of started. Remember that four-footer where Burns had his head in his hands at match play, thinking it was all over, and Scotty's going to the finals. And instead, he misses that. It goes to the next holes. Burns goes on to win it. Well, he won that over Scotty. He won, what was it? Colonial. Colonial in the playoff over him. Like, I mean, realistically, I'm not, he's not Scotty. I'm not saying that. And Scotty's doing insane things right now. It's just a point to bring up that it may throw people off, Pat, because of the DraftKings price, but there may be something more there warranted. And the bigger discussions on Rory at a thousand bucks more and what to do with him after the Sunday performance this past week at the Memorial. Do you think it will hurt his ownership? Because I don't think it will. Yes and no. I, I guess what I would say is that, you know, there was a potential here to see Roy. If Roy wins, is my point, on Sunday, I think it really changed his ownership here at 4-1. to one, People see it. You can easily fit 11-5. There's a bunch of punts we'll get to later that people are happy to play and are even betting on this week at 100 to 150-1 to one in some cases. So I don't think he's going to be low-owned. I think he'll be probably the highest-owned. But my point is, is 35 kept in check as opposed to what could have been 45 or 50, you know, 45 to 50 range if he wins last week and then people just expect the three-peat and go back to him again. All right. Last year's leaderboard. This is incredible. Nuts. Rory, Finau, Thomas, Rose, Burns, Connors. Keith Mitchell, Wyndham Clark, Chris Kirk, Lowry, 
Fitzpatrick, Aaron Ride, Danny Lee, Harold Varner, Scotty Scheffler. Wyndham Clark should be here. He really should be. He's, he's playing too well to be here now. He doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I, was, I was hoping Shank would be here, but he's not here. Man, he played good over the weekend. He lost the bogey free on the last hole, I think it was, on just Saturday. Like, just and like then, Denny did on Sunday. Yes, that's, that's true. And then Sunday, Shank had another really good round. Man, it was awesome. So, yeah, guys that should be here aside, to your point, yeah, last year the leaderboard was loaded. And if you remember, Finau shot incredible on Sunday, and it still came down to JT Rory as the, the final hug and everything. I believe they are all in the same group or one back behind the other. I can't remember how it worked, but... Yeah, Roy got the job done in the end, so back to it again. One and done selections for the week for us. Of course, we need to make up ground. I forget who we ended up going with last week. I think we took. Now, nah, did we take Rory? Who who did we take? Uh, let's see. Because we didn't do the we didn't do the show. Uh, last week. We took Xander. Okay, I like that pick. Uh, we well, we wanted to go for a low owned Xander. He ended up being seven percent owned, so it wasn't all that great anyway. We're down to fifteen hundredth place which is not great. And we have very few people we can actually choose from at this tournament. We've used Rory, Hatton, Burns, and Fitzpatrick. So we have Connors, Rose, Cam Young, Fleetwood, Lowry, Thigala, and then basically everyone else. We're back to the Fleetwood-Rose conversation. How do we solve this, Pat? I was actually going to say we use Cam Young or Lowry because I feel like those two have fallen out of favor a little bit in that they're going to come in lower yeah, the Cam, the Cam Young coming out party. The, you know, could you see it? That, that I I could, but that feels like it's been put on hold. Yeah, it does. Amongst, I mean, he was barely owned last week, and for good reason. He ended up missing the cut. But let me see here. Lowry, I think, is interesting because I think of all of the top end euros this week. I think he is going to be DraftKings wise, betting wise, one and done wise, just be the least popular. Yeah, it's prob- okay, what's the percentages on Fleetwood, Rose, and Lowry? They're all around the same. Connors is, you have 70% with Connors, 64 for Rose, 54 for Cam Young, 65 for Fleetwood, and 78 for Lowry. Six, the, the play is going to be 86% Sahith Tagala. Yeah, man, big Keith, sh- Keith Mitchell is another one I would give a look to as well. Kind of like the big Shane call. Big Shane? I think that would be a good one, man. And you go look at some of his stuff, just pulling it up. I, I used the same for last year, and then I changed a few things going off. And I know you did the preview and went through some things too, but the power four scoring make, can make some eagles, which there should be some out there. His opportunities gained are awesome. Approach, tee to green in general, all the stuff that you're probably going to need to line up here. It, it does. The, the point that I made to Feinberg about not betting Lowry this week is if I think that this breaches into the minus 20s, which I do. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong on that. Most definitely. We haven't seen the course before. I just don't think he can make enough putts to win that event. Look at Thursday last week. Yeah, but Couldn't then we had the, but then we had can the other keep days. it going? Oh, I know. You, have to, you do have to calculate the other days. something I'm forever telling people. You're right. I don't know. The way I have it rating out, it would be between Shane and I'm switching gears on what I originally told you. That was more narrative-based with Fleetwood and Feinberg. I think it's Rose. I, I, like the, I like the Rose metrics. The more I just pulled it up, and I remember I'd had him start here for a reason. So I was just, again, doing it a little bit earlier this week. But for me... Rose or, or Shane would be what I'd be wanting to go with here. Let, let's go with, actually, let's go with Shane because Rose is just going to be wildly popular. And I agree with you. I think Rose is the better play, but we are no longer in a position right now where we can just kind of hop on the train. And yeah. If Rose wins, we're sunk anyway. Yeah. If Rose wins and we have him, we're not gaining any ground. And if he wins and we don't have him, well, we're way back anyway. <laughs> What's Rose's percentage? I know we don't have him, but what has he got uh, left? Gus tried to pick him as his one and none, but he'd already used them. Ah. Uh, he's only available to 25% of the field. I don't think that anyone would waste Rory at a non-elevated event. I think they should use him. He's not winning any majors, right? So you might as well just use him and now. He's, he's this re- is his major. He's a hero here. I have a feeling he's going to win the British Open. It's possible. And I think it's going to be bad, 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 
before it's good there. And everyone's going to be off Rory by the time that he wins. I have a theory right now for a Sooner Open, the U.S. Open, that everyone's been waiting and waiting and waiting for this Scotty putter to show up. And it just shows up. He's going to be extremely popular. The putter shows up. Guess what? All of a sudden, he loses it off the tee a little bit or something. And then next thing you know, everyone's like, oh, my God. And he even found the putter. I can just see this one happening for sure. But we'll talk about that next week. We're talking about the Canadian Open right now. Yeah, for the U.S. Do you have any early leans for the U.S. Open? Because I've recorded by half my research show, like really breaking down the course. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like Scotty or Rom. Rom. And then the guy that won that crushed his own odds this past week, Victor. Victor. Yeah. He's been so good. I mean, again, that was the whole 16 was ridiculous. Brooks doing his thing, of course. It's just, it just what happens. But I thought Vic was already playing really good coming into it. You obviously did too, betting him last week. So uh, it, just, it feels like it's another good spot for him just to continue what he's been doing. Xander regardless of, you know, last week a little bit off, but he's done that at the Memorial before. He's been very good at U.S. Opens. Makes sense for him. So those three. Do you think he's the one who's bemoaning the fact that it seems like they've reversed their stance on the no-cut events for next year? He loves a no-cut event. I don't think it really matters. I think it's just what stands out when we look at the stats. It is true, for sure. And, you know, we talked about Eastlake and places like that where it always was this way for him. High-end, top fields with no cuts. But even if they are reverting them back anyway, like it just, to me it just didn't matter either way. What are we going to get now? An extra... 30 guys cut off. I'm fine with it. I'm a golf fan. I love it. I just, it doesn't matter either way to me anymore at this point. We just watch golf, follow it. I love it no matter what. So whatever we get, we'll take it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DraftKings picks, reminder to fill up the Pat Mayo Experience opins. 2,500 spots in the Canadian Open one this week, 6,667, which means, because it's rake-free, over $100,000 of guaranteed rake-free money for the U.S. Open. Both are available down in the description right now. Please, let's get them filled as quickly as possible. And maybe, they, they've told me that the max is going to be 6667. But if we keep filling them in, like, record time, they're going to give us more. Make it bigger. Make Hashtag it bigger. make it bigger. We've talked about this. That's that's huge. I know it's the Canadian Open. I'm excited it's our home Open. But I, I always say this every year. I love the U.S. Open. I think it's my favorite major. I, I go back and forth a million times now, but I, I'll, I can't say it enough. I love it. It's going yeah, it, mean, to be great. It, it's really a race. And, like, this is a really fun time of year for golf, too. Yeah. And, like, you always have the Father's Day connections with the U.S. Open. But... Oh, just whenever we get to the open championship, I just get really fired up. The overnight part of that is fun. It's like a tradition. Yeah. Just like everyone has the masters tradition. I get that. And that one's the obvious reasons, but the U S open for whatever, I don't know. Like I said, just something about it. The, the core setups, the heart, how hard it is. The USGA stuff. 
everything. Just it's always a great event, so I'm excited for that. It's LA, a good time of year. LA Country Club looks really cool too. It looks fun, yeah. Watch out for the Barrancas <laughs> next week. I'm, I'm I'll watch out for everything. I can't yeah, wait for next you, week. You watch out for you play, you play the Barranca drinking game and you will be dead. <laughs> I didn't hear about that one yet. Well, there's no Kikuya on the course. Right. So usually when you have your tournaments in L.A. or anywhere in California, it's like, oh, the Kikuya grass. And they bring it up 5,000 times. There's no Kikuya at L.A. Country Club. It's also bent grass greens, not POA. Mm-hmm. So it's completely different than a lot of the uh, California courses. But there's this like weird natural thing, a barranca, that runs throughout the course. Oh, it's like sandy, weird area. The drinking game. <laughs> so just, they're never going to stop talking about it, at least in my mind. So here is the first lineup that I built this week. As soon as the pricing came out, Hatton, Kucher, Moronk, Hodges, Batia, Ben Martin. And this could have been, instead of Kucher, Hatton, it could have easily been Rory Carson Young. Hatton, sorry, Hatton, 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 Cootie, Hatton, Kucher, Moronk, Hodges, Martin, Batia. Your boy Ben? Benny Martin, he, listen. Off no, the charts. I no know. matter what I ran this week, he just comes out as great. Yeah, I saw that too. All right, Hodges. And Carson Young ranks th- in the very short-term modeling, comes third in this field. But Lee Hodges has been legit great. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I did make a bit of a comp to Rocket Mortgage, a place where he played really well for three rounds last year and shot like a 90 on Saturday or something. Just beware of that. He had a really good Saturday this week. Beware of the Saturday Lee Hodges round is all I'll say. I was watching him heavily for showdown. That's the fun in doing those shows on the Mail Media Network and checking this stuff out. And it was a lot of putter in round two when he shot that 69. I went off him for round three. He still came through a little bit of putter as well. And then it all went away in round four. And of course the 76, but he still finished T12. So that makes sense. Bringing him across. He's definitely a punt this week at this price point, 7,500, perfectly fair. But yeah, that was just one thing I thought I'd bring up. And he, he has been playing some good golf. So uh, he stands out. Martin, like you said, just the stats spot. Again, when you look at his finishes, 57th, 44th, 46th, 41st, all that, not super high, but the stats say he's awesome and his price is fair. Again, 7,300. The rest I'm pretty good with. Kucher, 9,100, seems fair for this field. So I guess the point is it's easy to build Rory lineups this week. So I think that people are going to build Rory lineups this week. But do you want to build Rory lineups this week? It's it's tough. It's what we said. And again, it was on Sunday. I know this was brought up all over Twitter and everyone was talking about it in the golf space around it was the one thing that he was off with on Sunday was that wedge game. And then the one thing we've seen so far on a course we know very little about besides the insight we've got, the, the, the research that we put in is that that is the shot that you require. It's one round though, man. Like I, that's, that's the thing. I don't know if he's really completely off with it and it was just the way it was shaken out. He definitely was extremely frustrated. Like I haven't seen him that mad on a course in a while, and, to be and, honest. And uh, the, we had very similar complaints about Rory coming into this tournament a year ago. Remember he started doing that sawed off wedge and mm. it just worked every time. Like yeah. I'm just worried that he's going to beat everyone by 20. Well, that's why I'm saying the one thing that could happen here, Pat is like I said, if you see instead of the 40, like if he wins last week, he's definitely higher owned than he is this week. I don't know what the exact Delta will be or the difference between the two, but the point would be that when you set it up that way, that could get people going away from it than what it could have been. So if he's 35%, you can easily get 50% Rory, 60% Rory, still be in good shape, build great lineups, and then you've still got 40 to whatever percent of your stuff that you can do other things with, depending on how high you go. So let's plug in Rory and see how that works. Rory at 11.5, he's, geez, he's over $1,000 more expensive than Burns. Burns might be the play here, by the way. <laughs> it's possible to see like, I, the I just, ultra squeeze play. Like I said, he just I, fits in. People I, are going to Hatton for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine people playing Burns this week. 
Connor's over 10K would have been the ultimate worst price that you could see at 9,800. I think he still gets some ownership. So if you plug in Rory, you have $7,700 remaining. And I think of all the lower end guys, and these are probably going to be the chalkiest guys. We're doing this far too early in the week to figure out who's going to be chalk. But I can make my guesses that Carson Young is going to be very popular at $7,100. But I think that's a very logical match. Yeah. And then, then you're back up to right around that $8,000 range to see what you want to do with. And like I said, if you use the Ben Martin, who's going to be pretty popular. I really like Aaron Rye this week. He's $7,600. Usually I like Rye. Stop you there. What, what do you like about Rye this week? I just like that it does seem it's going to be very penal mm-hmm. if you end up off the fairway. And he has a ton of fairways. Top 10 in this field in driving accuracy. And he's top 10 in greens regulation. Like he's just going to two putt par. Hopefully he doesn't lose eight strokes putting. Played really well at the Canadian Open last year of all like the mid-card job guys. I just think he's... He has the potential to score really well if he can find some putter. I love him like every week of the year. And the only thing I'd worry about this one is almost to the Shane Lowry point you made earlier. If this gets to like 20, 25, yeah, he's not making the how point. is he getting anywhere? And again, 7,600. So it's not like he has to get up there for that. That's why we're not betting him. I'm just saying in general, that still makes me think a little bit about it. And some of the guys around him look like they have some upside. So uh, I would agree, but I do think that Ben Martin, Carson Young, and Lee Hodges are all going to be very popular. That's who I was going to plug in. Lee Hodges, Ben Martin, go back to your original point of what you put in, just because you've seen the stats, the stats, what lead to the numbers. You have It's not really a bias here by you. You're just seeing the numbers and letting it play out. That leaves us 8,300. Where do you think people go from there? So you can go double up. Like, do you feel very confident with anyone else down in the lower sevens? I guess is the question. And this is why it's pretty easy to play Rory. Like, you can go Kuchar, Batia if you wanted to. I think this is kind of where people land, though, because that's a great one. And then another one I think that could be somewhat popular, Svensson, Michael Kim, or Cole is right there. If people want to play Eric Cole or Michael Kim, you can get to Moronk, like you like, but I'm saying I think Svensson, I know people are already talking this morning about his number at 66 and or whenever it came out and then dropped to 50-ish. So people, I think, are going to Svensson. And that lands you with about 8,100. You play Nick Taylor, Michael Kim, Eric Cole. They all look like they're popping enough. People are betting Michael Kim. See, I don't love that range. I would rather get Moronk into my lineup. Yeah, you can go up 100 bucks. It's just I'm saying, I, I think when ownership shakes out at the end of the week, Svensson will be much higher on than Moronk. Okay, I'm good with that. I mean, I, I bet Moronk to win. I like that. But I do like Svensson as well. Yeah, the pivot might actually be to go to the more expensive Hadwin if, you're, if you want the Canadian off Svensson. Like, Hadwin and Hughes at a birdie fest where you got to make so many putts. Out of all the Canadian players, those are the two that I would kind of rely on to fill it up if need be. What about Aaron? Eric Cockrell? How much is Cockrell? 7K. It's a pretty good price for a guy with, like, every top 20 in the world on the DP World Tour. I don't know how that translates, though. I really don't. Me neither, but what's the difference at 7K? I, I guess so. Got to fly the flag a little bit this week, Pat. I think, you know, the other guys are good for sure, but... I looked at it this morning. It was like 14 to 1 top Canadian. That's a pretty good price. The challenge is you do got to sift through what these other guys do. And obviously you would expect Svens and Hughes, Hadwin, Connors, of course, if you want to go there. Well, well, Pendrith is an interesting one as well. Uh, I was on him last week. Terrible round one, great round two. And then he's kind of shit the bed on Sunday. Uh, Ended up losing five strokes putting. But he is someone that kind of pops with his putter from time to time. Mm -hmm. And he's actually done most of his best work at shorter courses. And if it ends up being... Just bomb it out there. He could do that, too. He could do that, too. But, like, we've seen him play well at Bermuda, at Pebble Beach, at Rocket Mortgage. Last year, he ended up coming in second. Uh, the Wyndham Championship, uh, he played really well. So, not courses that you would normally expect him to pop in. It's just he's been kind of bad is the issue. Yeah. 
there's no form to speak of. It's like your like play, Matt McNeely. You're playing it because it's, it's a tournament play. And again, this week is another one too, Pat, which I, we should have mentioned off the top. It's right before a major, right after a designated event at the Memorial. We're going to get a little bit of laziness this week in the sense of just it's a down week. People just plug in what they hear, what they see. Yep, sounds good to me. We'll give it a shot. There's you know enough decent contests. I wish the contests were bigger, mind you, but they'll, we'll take what we get and people just plug that in and roll with it. So... I think that's something that comes up as well. You can definitely take shots on guys like that and probably get them at much lower ownership because it condenses elsewhere. So here are the top six in ownership from FantasyNational.com after 13 people have generated lineups. Like the pricing just came out when we were Mm -hmm. doing this. So there's very few people who have actually jumped on. But it is interesting to see where the first clicks go for people. Yeah, definitely. Like who they like immediately. Hatton and Rose, one, two. Hmm. Cole and Ben Martin. At 79 and 73 are the next two. Hubbard and Carson Young, 73 and 71. And it does seem like very few people are clicking Rory as opposed to the very top, but that will change as the week goes along. Because if, if anyone gets a sniff, if one person throws it out into the ether, it's like, man, Rory's coming in a bit under-owned. All of a sudden, it's 40% again. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. You can almost build that lineup you just said. I mean, I think that's what people are doing. Hatton, Rose, Cole, Martin, Hubbard, Carson, Young. Yeah, at least 500 bucks. Done. Get yourself up to uh, Aaron Rye if you wanted to off of huh? Carson Young. I think that works out perfectly. Carson Young in Cameron Young tournaments usually is a thing. Well, Because then you're like, oh, see Young's up the board. And you go check and like, damn, Carson. But now Carson might actually finally have some ownership in the spot. So that leaves us. And if we're just trying to look for pivot plays, tournament plays here. Like, again, Sam Burns very clearly sticks out as someone – a player that no one is clicking on. Mm-hmm. Like he'll end up being like 9% or something like that, potentially lower. But of all of the top guys, he's the one that sticks out. The Gala and Kucher and Keith Mitchell all really stick out. I think that means Keith Mitchell is the play. Yeah, Keith Mitchell's, what, 8,900? Yeah. Yeah, he's there in the middle. He he makes a lot of sense, at least there. The Gala, 9,200. I think people will end up getting to The Gala. They might, but it seems like it'd be harder to when you've got cam young lowry fleetwood above him where do you think people go with connors just talking the same range real quick for two seconds because the common thread is you're gonna see a lot of rory connors or hatton connors. you think so okay i was gonna say the common thread is that no canadian wins the canadian open etc cetera, etc cetera. but again it's when he's your second guy in do people care because he fits pretty much any course but i think he would definitely still fit this course no no yeah 100 so any of these top end guys can win this tournament yeah like that's that's without question it doesn't really matter what they're baseline skill set is they're just good so does fitzpatrick go along with that squeeze too? him and burns where it's like a rory connors rory fleetwood rory rose like all these situational items where you leave these guys above them out i think you're gonna see a lot of rory and one of these guys and then dropping down to the high sixes low sevens or you're gonna see three of these guys in a lineup to start instead of using rory man you can make some good lineups leaving rory out so let's leave rory out then and see what the the top end three build looks like and what you get left with we can go hatton fitzpatrick connors let's say even that yeah i think it'll go where people go down more because the rose fleetwood lowry young thigala whatever but just to say it, okay like, so let's get rid of uh we'll say hatton fleetwood rose okay, you have 6800 for three players is there anyone down in the sixes that is an obvious value to you that you know that people are going to go chase mm, I th- man according to this lucas glover is the best player in the world <laughs> Should chase Grayson Murray. Got got a win and then almost another win. He, he missed bl- out. He blew. He was blew up, up six with six to go and didn't make the playoff. Yeah. Like, that's a tough scene for Grayson. <laughs> He's had a few tough scenes in his life, Pat. <laughs> so not the first time. Uh, Austin Smotherman. Okay. 
I'm just looking down a few others just to see. I haven't seen anyone like really great. The numbers like Ryan Moore and Ryan Armour, but that's because I weighted fairways more heavily than a lot of people. But again, you can always get the impression that at a shorter course where people are using not driver, then all of a sudden some of the more inaccurate players are all of a sudden. If Rory could probably hit fucking seven iron off of every single one of these, yeah. he'd be fine. This is the thing about Rory. And the other thing too was, you know, this is just a lo- another little tidbit, like narrative thing to think. But I think last year we played much closer to the major, right? Like everyone, if they, if something didn't go right, you can just hop on and go over to the major. You're right there type of thing. I think it was pretty close this year coming to Canada. He's a, he's a defending champion, of course. And there's stuff that goes with that. But I think just people get to in their head about all oh, they're you know, they don't want to wreck it before the week before a major. And he's going back like all this stuff. It's like, if he gets, if he's getting a win, he's just taking another win and moving on. He, he almost won here. Sorry. He didn't almost win. He could have won last week. He did not get the job done, definitely. So he didn't didn't almost win, but he was right there. Here's another shot for him to get after it. I think we could definitely, you know, just see Rory go out and do it. So, do you find it strange that the pricing gap between Ludwig Aberg and Sam Bennett is so drastic? Drastic. Drastic. Eighty three hundred to sixty nine hundred. Like Sam Bennett has been good at the Masters. He was good last week. And Thurbornson is right in between them. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the Aberg thing is very interesting. Are you going to use him, do you think? I got to see, man. I don't know. Like, this is 8,300 at least makes it at an area where you think maybe people just say, oh, that's too steep or whatever. But when you go with the... Which the early ownership does reflect, that Aberg and Hoygaard are both, like, sub-5%. Yeah. Like, Hoygaard's good. Yeah, he is. (laughs) But more people are using Joseph Bramlett at the same price than those two. And Nick Taylor and Michael Kim. Like, those guys... That... Those guys could both be future top 10 players in the world. This is the thing that stands out here to me already, though, is just to your point, we look at this in single entry, we look at this in everything, just game three for for the large fields and stuff, too, is when you see these bubbles. And down here, you can clearly, we don't know exactly yet who it's going to be, Pat, but you can clearly tell Bramlett, Taylor, Kim, Cole, maybe people go back to some of the guys a little below them, but this is sort of where you see. And then, of course, you get the next bubble. Hodges, Wu, Stevens, people play these guys. Lipsky coming off a good week, even though the Sunday wasn't great. You can find these pockets, and it feels like the 8K range is just going to get overlooked no matter what. And the cream rose to the top last year. Yeah, so you don't even want those guys. You want to find three bums to put with your three guys that are at the top. It's, it's a double down on that, but that's what I said. When people see that and just assume, and it's a very similar course to last year and all that, it, it makes sense. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm looking for angles against it, though, and how we could get there. This 8K range does have, you mentioned Keith Mitchell. Hadwin being a Canadian that's squeezed between a bunch of the, the probably most popular one and Corey Connors and then guys like Svensson below him should should be more popular. You can go up to Hadwin. Then you've got Hoygaard, Aberg, guys like that. You mentioned Moronk, who you like. Not saying to plug them all in, I'm saying, but there's definitely a way that you could see these guys all be top 20 going into Sunday fighting for a win, in some cases a first win for, mo- for, for many. And then, you know, Aberg trying to back up the Rose Zhang, who hashtag blame Rose. Those, those odds are fully because Rose got the job done on the LPGA Tour at 40 to 1 or whatever. And then the books are like, eh, not going to let the pro debut thing happen again. It, it's just funny to see Sam Bennett not get treated with any sort of respect. Like he's had, I mean, he just turned pro last week. But the two previous times that we had seen him as an amateur, he was 50th at the U.S. Open and 16th at the Masters. He was 63rd last week after a really bad Sunday, but a lot of that was putting. Yeah, he might have commanded some respect before the 84, but yeah, he's definitely got talent. So just depends what you like there. At 6,900, it's fair. I don't think it's that wrong. I think it's more that Aberg is priced up based on the betting book, betting book odds of them saying, you know, I, only one book opened with him at a big number. The rest all had him down at 50 to 60-ish range. And 
it seems like they were just sort of scared off by that because I don't really think that's where he lands. Long-term, incredible talent. Two-time Ben Hogan winner. Lots of great things you could say about this guy. But in general, right now, it just does feel like a bit of a boost. But that could be good in tournaments this week if nobody's going there versus usually it's the opposite. Everyone bets a guy and gets on him. I don't see it happening this week from early look. I'm willing to go back to Dylan Wu as well after he screwed me so badly at Colonial. Brandon Wu screwed me last week. I, I think he just missed it or something. 74, 77. Yeah, he, he's both the Wu's have been pretty good. And Siwoo, your, your real Wu boy, Siwoo Kim has been very good. So I don't know. Can, can we get Kramer Hickok's putter to turn itself back around? He's definitely on the list of punts early at 6,700. He's one I should have brought up to you. Yeah, he's like he rates out well with everything besides dude can't putt. So 6,700, you fit him in, you're still at 6,900 in that build. I guess the three 9K build, it must have to be like a two 9Ks and an 8K. Like, let's just do it the other way. Rose Fleetwood starting point. Rose Fleetwood Mitchell, let's say. Because he's 89. That's close enough. Yeah. Now you have 7,200. Now you can land in that zone of what I was saying where everybody's going. If you go to your Carson Young, it gets you Ben Martin. Carson Young, Dylon Wu in a 7,700 if you want it. Or like, that, yeah. You, you can land in the, the range of like the Mark Hubbard still, Luke List. Do you like List this week? He was I, I don't, dialed in last week. He man. was. I don't like List here. N- never play List at a course that requires people to make. I know he made all the birdies last week, but he plays well at long, hard courses. That's kind of the only places he plays well. Like he's played. He might actually be a good look next week if he's qualified for the U.S. Open. Because you know, winning score of like minus seven, like yeah. Luke List. I mean, I say he's going to win. That's but, true. But he can be competitive in one of those events. But in the, I mean, that's what I was saying. In this lineup, he's basically like your fifth guy in. That's one thing. I, so. I think I just like the other guys around there better. Like I like Rye better than List. I like. Do you like Lipsky better than him? I worry about Lipsky and Hubbard after like kind of being in prime time for the first time ever in their career. Now, is that going to be a boost to them at a tournament like this, or is it like that was a lot? That's what I wonder, yeah. What, what about uh, Vincent Norman? Vincent Double R Norman. Hey, Feinberg was on him, too. Makes some eagles, too. He, he, lo- he loves driving it. Yeah, he's, I think he's actually pretty interesting here, and I wouldn't care about moving a Ben Martin down to Akshay or something like that. that for this example of this lineup, you can go, okay, Rose, Fleetwood, Mitchell, Norman, Batia, Carson Young. And Carson Young can be any of those guys at 7,100. Yeah, if you CT want Pan. I like Pan. This, this really good at the Byron C- Nelson, man, too. Yeah, this strikes me as a CT Pan-type course. Oh, did he shoot a 62 going out? Yeah, he did. Yeah, on Sunday. To the get Byron himself, Nelson. Get himself wow. a top five. His first, like, really good round since returning from injury. I was actually quite impressed with Snedeker last week. Mm. And if he's back to being, hey, I'm Brand Snedeker, I make a ton of putts, and I hit everything within 10 feet from 125 and in this sounds like the course for him yeah that, that would make sense for just... super cheap too like these and the thing is you're just get, is there a way to not land in this area yes and i feel like if you don't land in this area this like low sevens and take three guys from there all of a sudden your lineup is inherently different no matter who you use yeah well one thing i will say though is that's what i was trying to say earlier like going back to i was just going to say it but cockerel who you just mentioned at 7k you can go to him and get back to ben martin and in this lineup, Rose, Fleetwood, popular. Don't think Mitchell will be as much. So he's fine. He just sits there. Don't think Norman will be as much. Don't think Cockerell will be as much. Yes, Ben Martin. But you have like three guys, 20% or less. And then the others not really owned at all, probably, or 8 to 10%-ish. Like this lineup is fine by me. It's more of like the 71 to 72 
and the 74s, and then it's like the 76 to 77s, where you kind of just have to play around with the guys you like in there, but that's just what I'm seeing early on. So if we go from, I mean, this 75 to 85, as you mentioned, is kind of like a bit of a dead range outside of like the very obvious choices. Like, how do you feel about someone like Alex Smalley? Man, I loved him last week. Perpetual guy who burns everyone. Crushed me last week, 80 in the first round, then came back and shot a 73, no problem. But let's say we plug him in, because I probably will have interest by the end of the week. I'm trying to go with Pat. I don't know where you were going with this, but like, let's start the lineup here. Okay. Let's imagine he's your last guy in. How do we build this up? Or you can go a little bit lower. Like if you want to add one more, like your Taylor Pendrith call and take a shot. Well, well how, how do you feel about that sort of lineup? If he is your last man in at $7,800, do you think that lineup has any chance in a tournament where we've just seen the cream rise? I want to see how it shakes out because here's an example though. If you go Smalley, if you go Pendrith as your last guy in 77, Smalley, Aberg, Hoygaard. We talked about how those two could be the guys that are up there and they're getting overlooked in this range. You like Moronk. And then you could go. This lands you Thigala or Kucher or Cam Young and you could go off one. Yeah, so Thigala, Moronk, Hoygaard, Aberg, Pendrith, Smalley. Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you really want to get a bit crazier, because, you know, Ben Martin's super chalky, but he wouldn't be as a part of this lineup, throw him at 73 and then you turn Thigala into Fleetwood. So Thigala goes up to Fleetwood. Who was the guy that went down? Uh, Pendrith. Pendrith goes down to Ben Martin. Yeah. I guess this is where I'm saying. I don't see this as being that crazy in this event. And now it all stands on what Rory and the guys do at the top. That's the same situation. But even last week, loaded field, tough course. The main lineup that won the $20 was, and we talked about this funny, this the year before with Billy Horschel, was five 8Ks and a 7K. Yesterday, the lineup that won, it was two people had it because it just sort of fit together perfectly for 50K. It was $9,700 Victor Hovland. Helps when he wins, of course. But even with all that Scotty and guys did up top, it was four 8K guys and a 7K guy that ended up coming through because you had your C. Woos, your Wyndham Clarks. Denny's. Denny, for sure. Like, you, you had it work that way. And it doesn't mean last week is this week. That's not what I'm saying. I'm giving an example where, especially in this field, where you made the original point, Pat, and with the thought of people saying that, oh, cream rises to the top always at this, like last year it did, similar course setup, all that. Well, if they don't, if, if Burns, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Connors aren't, uh, what is it? Sorry, JT, Scheffler, Justin Thomas types, which they're not, at least to me, then you could definitely see a lineup like this come through if Fleetwood's the winner. Even if Rory is like top 10 and falls apart again or doesn't get it done, the other guys come through. This is definitely the type of lineup that could do it. And the one you gave, Ben Martin's really the only piece that's quote unquote chalk. And what is he going to be? 15, 16%? It's chalk for sure. Based on the area that he's in, like it would be considered bad chalk. But when the rest of your lineup looks like that and has a totally different construction... You can get away with that, no problem. Let's start one with Sam Burns. All right, we're doing it different today, so I got to go get this up here, ready to go. Sam Burns it is. Let's pop him in. So you could do a very easy Sam Burns, Hatton, or one of these top guys, and again, it just drops you to 7,400, mix and match with the guys down there that you like. Or you could do Sam Burns, Mitchell Moronk. One sec. What, What was the... I'm just trying to think of the best way to do it. I think what we should do really quick is just, is this. Build the chalkiest Rory lineup. Okay. And then turn it into a Burns version that makes more sense from roster construction and ownership potentially perspective. So like, give, give me the guys again you said. It's like Ben Martin, Lee Hodges. Ben Martin, Lee Hodges, and Carson Young. Okay. And then what's that leave us with Rory? 8,300. And this is where we talked about it a little bit. In the end, who do we truly think is going to be the guys 
that people own here? I guess it's someone down low. I think it's I think it's someone down low because I think people want to get an upper piece with Rory. So, so we have to decide so who, who it is. Who, who is the going to be the most owned upper piece here as we go up? I'm guessing it's Fleetwood. So Rory Fleetwood, and that leaves you with seven thousand. And it's not Cockrell because that's who we would say. But it's like but again, D- who, Dylan Wu is there. It's probably him. I think you're right. Something like that. Yeah. Because yeah, that's the in again. Le- we can go here. This is the good starting point because if people want to go. Grayson Murray and Rose because of what they've seen. I get where they're going with it. I'm just saying this is the type of build we see, Pat. Well, for sure. H- Hubbard is drawing a ton of ownership this week. How much is he? 71? He's 73. So let's turn Hodges into Hubbard because this makes it way easier. And then it leaves us back in at 72 again, which means you could have Batia, you could have Ben Griffin or Reavy, three what? guys that I think are going to be pretty popular. Let's go Batia. Yeah. People like him. So let's just go with that. And again, this is where you know it could flip from Fleetwood to Rose and Batia down to um, someone there, CT Pan or Kazire or Reavy or whoever. Sure. They're all there now. But this is the type of build we'll see for sure. You're right. So see what I was saying earlier? 71 to 73 pocket. And when you and I went to the 9K, what did it land on? Average price, 71 to 700. This is clearly where people are ending up with their builds. The casual player coming in, just setting it up, or if the optimizer wants to spit it out, it's going to be probably something like this. So now we have to think about how to battle against it. Good news, we get a thousand bucks right out of the gate going to Sam Burns. So now, where do you want to make the change? Would you prefer to boost up Fleetwood or get out of that range entirely? Because we could go, say, Carson Young, you're Kramer Hickok now. And now we have $1,400 to turn Martin, Hubbard, or Batia into Moronk if we wanted to. Or you can take two of those guys and get up to that Aberg courtyard range. <laughs> okay, this is a good thinking point then because I'm tempted now. With $1,400, we're almost at Rory. Well, I mean, we got rid of Rory for Burns. Correct, you mean but, Bur- but I'm you saying mean Burns, now, now are, are people going to build Burns-Rory lineups if you think that's the case? Because when you compare Burns to the guys below him, what he's actually won, again, Fitzpatrick, major winner last year, for sure, you could make that conversation or argument. But I'm, I guess, what do you think becomes more unique? Rory-Burns lineups? Rory-Burns. Anything with Burns is going to be unique. Okay, or keeping Burns, though, I'm saying it's still going to be unique. I'm saying, or Burns with some 8K guys to get out of that bubble of those 7K guys in there. Burns with 8K guys, I think, is most definitely going to be the lower owned of all of those because, as we've kind of pointed out, that no one's going to the 8Ks anyway. Right. I agree with you, and I think, again, it works if Rory fails, of course, but the other side of it is is that sometimes you just have to embrace what the chalk is, and in this case, if it's Rory, how can you get different with Rory besides just picking 1% guys in the 6K range or whatever it might be What's the easiest way? It sounds like it would be to combine him with a guy like Burns that doesn't seem like anybody will be on, and you double down. So you go Rory Burns, okay, Hickok, Batia, Carson Young, Dylan Wu. Batia, Carson Young, and I got to take out Hubbard and Martin, and you said, um, who's the $6,700 guy again? Hickok. Hickok, Kramer. Yep, and that leaves me the 7K. Which is Dylan Wu, yeah. or Cockrell, or whoever you want to be. Yeah, and you still you have two guys in that zone, but Carson Young, I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out, but I actually think Carson Young would come in less than the Hodges, the Hubbards, the uh, Lipskys. The, uh, it's going to be close. Yeah, I, I still think it's a little less at least. And then Bati again, probably somewhere in that mid-range of the you know the single digits. Maybe it's 7 to 10 early. I just I, I feel like the guys you mentioned earlier, like the Ben, the ben Martins, the, the Poppers on the stats models and stuff. I mean, Carson Young is one of those guys. He does, but... 
again, see how you shake it out. I just want to go back and look real quick. I had it up. Like, if you want to go to a lesser version of Carson Young in terms of ownership, like not completely unowned, but somewhere where I think that you're thinking, because I, I think that Carson Young is going to be very popular. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking at C.T. Pan and Chez Brevi are going to be the the lesser owned but not completely unowned version of the $7,100 guy. Yeah, that works. Just like how Snedeker and Cockrell are going to be the low-owned version of Dylan Wu. Is there another guy at 7100 too? No. It's it's Young, Reavy, and Pan. In terms of ownership, you could play Higo. So instead of Batia Wu, you could also have that. Reavy. You go Reavy Pan if you, yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah Re- you can go, so you can go Rory, Burns. I'll talk about this in a second. Rory, Burns, Young, C.T. Pan, Reavy, Hickok. And again, everyone said, oh, I thought you were saying to get out of that range. It's another angle you can look at. Another strategy piece is when everyone's picking one, I'm going to pick CT Pan instead of this guy. Oh, I'm going to do Reavy instead of that guy. The answer is just play them all. And that's an example, again, where you, you actually landed in that range, but you did it in a different way. Not who you play, how you play them. Another prime example of that right here. So I actually like that. I think that's different. Let's go to what you want it to go to because I think you're right. I think that is the most unique build you could do is probably a Burns with some 8K guys. Burns, Mitchell, Moronk. Let's start that way. Yeah, I like it. Burns, Mitchell, Moronk leaves you with 74. So okay. now... What happens if we go with the Kramer call? You go with Kramer, chuck him in. Now you get out of that range. You have 76.50. Or you could dip back down and get back up into the 8s. This is a good spot to land and talk for two seconds because that what you just said is perfect. This is the prime example. If you take the average of it, of the 76.50, and just make a lineup... It's there. We know what it is. It's a Rye Pendrith. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. But also, and that keeps you out of that set bottom 7K range altogether. To our point earlier, what happens when you start with Pendrith? We just found it. This is the lineup. But if you go to what you just said, Pat, even if you go to Ben Martin or whoever your guy of choice, Carson Young, whatever it might be down there, you've now landed with three 8K guys and only one 7K guy because you added in Hickok in this example to get a 6K guy. How many people start with Burns have any 8K guys, let alone in this case three, and only and how many lineups only have one 7K guy, the way this week has been setting up so far? So you can turn that, if you wanted to, into Smalley and Hodges, uh, Rye and Pendrith, like you said, or Dylan Wu and Aberg. Okay, the Dylan Wu Aberg is instead of Pendrith and Rye, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that's... I don't know if it's going to be Wu... Or Cockrell, but Wu should pop a little bit more. And that lineup is, again, another one. So now you went to 7K range only one time, did not use anyone in that $71 to $7,400 hub at all, used a 6K guy, still got really strong options in the 8K, Aberg, Moronk, and Mitchell. And if Sam Burns does his job up top, and it's easily converted, Pat. This is the other, the reverse to it. Now, if you got to find 1,000, you don't really change that much. Like you go, you go Burns up to Rory now. For those that want to do it, I like your, it's, where your it's, mind's it's, at. It's Burns up to Rory Aberg into Mark Hubbard. Or even or if you, even if your Martin play was in there, I guess that was my point. Or if you want to avoid the hub that we talked about, you just take out one of Mitchell or Moronk and you go to 76 or 79. You've now used two 7Ks, which is a little more popular than one, but you don't have the same zones that others do. You have nobody from 71 to 7,500. Is there anyone below Hickok, at least at this point of the week, you think you would consider? I was trying to find it to see. Like uh, the numbers tell me Stroud, Kevin Roy, Ryan Moore, and Ryan Armour are all good plays. But off the wall, like one point five percent own guy, Jake Knapp, 
really strong round coming off uh, round four this past week, and then he's been having good results elsewhere. How so. about Etienne Papineau? <laughs> I did not have him in the card, no. Westmoreland is down there, 6,300. We've seen him doing some stuff lately. I think he was in the mix uh, this past weekend as well. Um, yep, came fifth at that same tournament with Grayson and all those guys there. He played pretty much just as good. Man, I, I just... That's the struggle and why, to the original point you made, that that 7K range just becomes so popular. And becomes so enticing. I mean, the numbers suggest Alex Smalley should be pretty good here. Dude can't putt to save his life, but he drives it well, hits his approach as well, and plays short par fours really, really well. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go Hoygaard or... Um, Hoygaard or Aberg here, but if you go back to that lineup we just had and just drop, go Burns up to McElroy, Keith Mitchell down to Smalley you still avoid that 71 to $7,700 range, and then you can make a decision on Aberg versus Hoygaard. I don't know on that one. That's just really tough this early in the week to think about. We, we've got more more stuff on Hoyberg to know what he is, but who do you think in a you know 20-under 20, 20 type tournament? Let's just use 20. I still think, man. What's Hoyberg's odds? Anyway, what did he come out at? Hoygaard is 50. Same as Moronk. Wow. Down to even 45 in some places. Yeah, he's, a, he's ahead of Moronk in some Man, places. We've played him in other spots at 8K, no problem. And I don't, Have I don't, we really played him that often? I, I think so. What was he at the Valero Texas Open? Corrales, places like that. I think it was 85 to 8,900. And those or can't you get the number? Let's see. Scroll over. Valero, I don't know. Yeah, Valero is 26% owned. And what was his, owner, what was his uh, price? Uh, now I have to go back and look at that. So, yeah, I don't, you don't have to. You can't. I just I forget. I, usually on my app, it shows me that on the computer, it's not. Mexico, he was 16% owned. PGA Championship, he was 6% owned. I can go back and try to effort some of these prices. Yeah, I mean, even just between that run, though, I think it was at similar price points. And I think you've been playing better on the uh, on the European Tour. I guess it's up to you, too, how much of a, a pivot you really think you need. I don't. I mean, a I don't think like you need you one. So it. yeah, if you go to a, if you go to Aberg there, you could also even go off Woo and get your seventy one hundred dollar guy, and you have Hickok, Aberg, Moronk, Smalley with a Rory lineup. Like that to me is even better. Who was the guy we said we liked the most at seventy one? I probably like Revy to be honest, or Pan. But yeah, e- either way, lots of ways you can go. This Rory lineup doesn't seem like it would be that popular. Rory, Moronk, Aberg, Smalley, Revy, Hickok. Yeah, I can't see that being popular, and these builds are probably pretty solid the way it shakes out really what it is the point you made is that 6600 and below it's kind of dead yeah it's not what you think it is and that's why these builds are going to be common popular you're gonna to have to look i think the segment we just did when people want to go back if they want to rewatch it that was the one we just talked about of rory burns or burns with 8ks things like that where you're really setting yourself up differently from the field but the lineup still looks very strong on paper all right unfortunately i can't use my guy neil ryan in this tournament he did not qualify. He did not qualify. Did I not saw this on Twitter. Yeah, I did see this. So we're not going to get to see any Mayo Media logos on TV this week. This week. This week. Soon. Soon enough. Not playing Michael Block, 6,100? <laughs> I think he's DFL right now in the uh, US Open. The longest day in golf or whatever. He, he is not doing too well. He has a huge crowd, though. So that's nice. Yes. Yeah, listen, he's still moving the needle for some people. Yeah. All right. I think that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Okay. You got, you got anything else? I didn't think we talked a lot through it. I'm, I'm excited for the week. It's going to be a good one. The And the 6 to 6 percentage is going to be fucking low. I would imagine so. I think you've talked me. I mean, I think you've made all the cases for Rose, and I agree with you. But I think I'm just going to bet Fleetwood to be to be on that train at Jeff. Jeff's home course, first career PGA win, sets up perfectly. 
Yeah, and we can have him yelling at him again. It'd be awesome. Yeah, well, I, I did say that like may, maybe Tommy gets freaked out if Jeff is following him, drunk, yelling at him the whole time. I used Fleetwood at the Charles Schwab Challenge for some reason. How do you do? On mine. Uh, how do, I don't even know how to check that. I forget on this. Uh, I, I can check it, but it wasn't great, I don't think. Did you make the cut? It was Charles Schwab Challenge. Missed the cut. Nope, missed the cut. Zero dollars earnings. I used Hideki this past week there, but now my other lineup... I have two has passed it because I just got the Hovland W and I had the Scheffler at PGA championship come close. I had Xander at Wells Fargo, a couple of seconds of there. It's up to 13 and a half mil. So it's in the money. Not bad. Take it. We got to get ours back on track. Yeah, it was, it was too good. Then it was just like that Scheffler putt. They had that one round and everything went off the rails. That's what happened. The, the Rom leading and us in first. And then it fell apart from there. And that's when Rom fell apart too. Very sneakily, Rom is putting as, like, putted as poorly almost yeah. as Scheffler did last really week. Really bad on Saturday last week. And Sunday. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't help him on Sunday, but it was really bad on Saturday leading into that. All right. That will do it for us this week for the Canadian Open. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday with Pete Overzet talking some football. And then, boom, we're into the U.S. Open starting on Friday with all the super shows. Mega week of content coming out on Mayo Media Network. Make sure to tune in for the showdown shows on Mayo Media Network, done by Tambo and Hoop and ShipItNation.com. Please go check that out right now. Sub to the channel. Smash the like. Give me your favorite 6K sleeper. We, we want Hickok. It could be anyone. You sell me on someone down in the description, and I'm going to end up betting Fleetwood. But subscribe to the newsletter to see who, you know, I actually, once I get the bets in, they're all going to be on there for everyone to play in the Listener's League. Please, let's go fill those up as quickly as possible. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!